Spice Rack Studios, I'm Ben Job. We got a new Spice Radio interview for you. We got Nocturnal Conversions, at least two thirds of them, right? That's correct. And uh, Dan has fixed the mic, so it's pointed in the right direction. <laughs> our our uh, master of mixing, I don't know. I still haven't like settled on a title for you, Dan. Co-producer. Co- my co-producer. I like uh, that. He's, he's got his own stand by, didn't Yes, you? I did. Yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about that. I've been waiting for that question. <laughs> But it is uh, Mr. Blake Rhodes and uh, Dan Bullard, our very own, are uh, two-thirds of Nocturnal Conversions here. Uh, They make some great music. You can find it on Facebook and nocturnalconversions.com. So uh, welcome, guys, to the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you, sir. And it's... It seems like uh, this is mostly kind of electronic-based music with a lot of samples and stuff in it. So I was like wondering uh, where you first heard like electronic music. Oh wow, interesting. Because I know um, back in the day, like the first techno I ever heard, somebody like gave me a disc, like, and and there was like craft work and some stuff around. Uh, but uh, what what got you into it really? I think it would have to be going to going to concerts and hearing just house beats before. Uh huh. And and getting more excitement from dancing in that time than actually jamming out at the concert. For me, I'm gonna say it was the uh, the Macarena when I was in kindergarten because that's what they played <laughs> during PE. Um, I like the, the terrible like MIDI Macarena. Yeah, or like something. terrible MIDI. And I mean, my my dad uh, did a lot of recording back in the '90s, and he uses he used a lot of MIDI. I probably the first real the first period of my life I really got into electronic music as as a genre was when I got to college and I started listening to uh, DJs like uh, Luke Viber, Wagon Christ. Uh, Infected Mushroom, a lot of Goa Trance and things like mm-hmm, that, and it just mm-hmm. kind of went from there. Yeah, it kind of really got popular, too, because it, it, I, for a while it was just like the weird rave kids were doing it and like spinning around with glow sticks, and everyone was like, okay. And then it, it kind of got mainstream, I guess, which is good for the popularity of it. Uh, have you guys noticed like a change in uh, electronic music um, and how it's produced and, you know... From when I got to college, like I said, I, I was one of those weird rave kids that was listening <laughs> to a lot of like electronic music before it got really popular. Um, I started, you know, freshman year 2007, and then by about, I guess, 2010, 2011 is when EDM as like a big popular art form really hit this area in particular. I mean, it probably, mm-hmm. I know it started over in Great Britain and stuff, probably about, you know, dubstep and that kind of thing about 2007, 2008, and then it kind of came over here slowly. But that was the first time where, like, raves had become mainstream again, at least in my lifetime. Well, uh, we got your, y'all's first track, Love. You guys want to talk about that one, how that one came to be? When did that When did that one pop into your head, Blake? Man, love, love has always been a, a concept with the art I've done, mm-hmm. um, no matter what it is. And so it was just, it found its place naturally on the album. Well, good deal. Uh, well, this is Nocturnal Conversions with Love.
again uh, that was love from nocturnal conversions so blake tell me about how your songs come together do they start as just like uh, piano riffs or what kind of thing sometimes um recently i've been doing a lot of drum and bass first uh, i guess that's just kind of the direction we want people to dance a little more and when mm-hmm. i start with a piano riff it tends to go way out into left field for a while before i give it to dan and he pulls it back into something cohesive so. Okay. I, I, sh- I should say that um, like 90% of the musical ideas on this album are Blake's and he's he's been working on it off and on for about a year and a half now. About a year and a half. And, wow. and you know, during that time, uh, he'd let me listen to something and I'd, I'd make a suggestion or he'd give me a track and say, you know, add something or make it neat. And, you know, I'd uh, added a couple melodies here or there, but mostly I was just there to, you know, help produce and pull all the ideas, you know, into a cohesive form. Mm-hmm. Do the do a lot of the tracks like start out with like a twenty minute time run and then whittle down, or are they usually pretty set in their like length? A little bit of both. Yeah, a little bit of both. A couple we've let run over and then realized we had to pull back. Um, it really didn't make mm-hmm. sense where we were trying to go with it, or we weren't able to get there in the way we thought we could. So we definitely had to just chop out a few little bridges here and there and mm-hmm. smush it back together and start over. Well, I know I'm like making you count numbers but how many times do you like you think you guys bounce it bounce stuff back and forth i'm just curious oh, <laughs> is it uh, is it like tons yeah <laughs> a year and a half the album now sounds very 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 different than like the first iteration that you came up with maybe like a year ago absolutely and it goes to it goes to a different level of, of people interested in hearing the track mm-hmm. so it, it might start off with just i guess people who are interested in music but not necessarily trained in music Right. So just to kind of get the the feeling and opinion, and as it starts tightening up as a project or the the track starts tightening up, we start giving it to I guess your people more educated. Yeah, like educated listeners. Absolutely, I guess. <laughs> absolutely. Get some feedback. Uh, other producers is uh-huh. where we end is with people who are listening for uh, tones and how we're mixing it and if the things are actually making sense in there. Uh, well, that seems like a pretty good natural process because you get like all the gut reactions of. And if you want folks to dance to it, then, you know, you got to have that solid base and then you just build up the pyramid to a nice sharp point. <laughs> yeah, uh, we do. 
very important that we have to bring it back down when mm-hmm. we're finally done and let people listen to it again. Um, things tend to get overproduced real easy. It's, we're finding that out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, a lot of the stuff that's like broadcast publicly, kind of on the FM stations, the big monopolies and stuff is so is so like uh, produced that it's just like brutal. It's but you dead. have to like, yeah, you, you have to like keep that feeling of the, the organic whilst, you know, maintaining the uh, the sharpness, I guess, is the, is uh, the idea. Organic. I like that the <laughs> organic side yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the uh, like no chemicals involved uh <laughs> GMO free, yeah, the music. GMO free track. Well, we got another one for y'all. Um, this is sometimes you want to talk about that one at all? Is that one of the long, like, thought of a year ago and uh, this, it's just coming together? This or what? was actually <laughs> the first song on the album. Okay, it was the first one that came together. Um, it has the the least amount of samples in it. We did the mm-hmm. most playing, so this is where it really started. And once we got the feel for this song, we just used samples to try to recreate that emotion we felt. Um, we did bring in a. Uh, Marilyn West to do vocals on this. She's a oh, cool. local singer. She's brilliant. And we have we actually have a remix of this coming out soon with local rap artist Dizzy D. So oh, that's awesome. that's going to be interesting. Well, that's great. Absolutely. Keep keep it local with all that stuff. Uh, did you know her, the vocalist parts uh, beforehand, or did she just kind of wing it and throw stuff in? Or no, I I write everything. Mm-hmm. I just can't sing, and so I, they come in. <laughs> you and knew I, what you wanted. Then. Absolutely, <laughs> I hum I hum a lot, and they're like, "Well, I think you're trying to do this, or maybe you actually should have <laughs> gone here." And right, and they they go from there. Yeah, those people with the tuned the tuned ear for their vocal yeah. cords. People I like guess everybody's different. Absolutely. <laughs> well, let's give it a spin then. Nocturnal conversion was sometimes. Sometimes the sun shines, sometimes the rain falls outside my window.
sometimes from nocturnal conversions and uh you guys had said this was like your first track that you had uh, connected with i guess this back the, in the day this is the first track where i came in and after blake had uh had been editing it for a while uh that was really you know cohesive I'm like man this this sounds like you know this is something that i could listen to on the radio it sounds it's not mainstream but it's like it's it's like it's very well put together and you guys were, like, living together at the time or something like that? Yeah. Um, I moved in with Blake uh, summer of 2013. Um, he had just started back at the UAHAV department after being on hiatus, and I was looking for a roommate at the time. And, you know, he's a really cool dude. We had, you know, very similar ideas about life and music and philosophy and all that. And so I figured he'd be a really cool roommate. So we moved in together and you know, even before we moved in, we were talking about, yeah, we're, we're going to start making music together. We, you know, we've got recording equipment. We've got access to all this gear from the school, so we can just do some really cool stuff together. And it just kind of went from there. Did you guys find a, um, a lot of, uh, I guess like human resources, you know what I'm saying? Like people, people at UAH or, uh, get any inspiration from there? I think it quickly branched out from UAH. Uh-huh. Yeah. You found you found the right people and you could found, just like, we found each other. We found each age. other and the then we, we split. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well cool. And uh you guys work with Cord. Uh does he play like bass for y'all or does he do tracks or how's that all work? Uh he's just just like us, he's in there experimenting, making sounds. His he specializes more um with the beat itself. Mm-hmm. Um he's real not real focused on melody. Um, so he's he's always listening, and this is this is what's gonna make him move. This is what's gonna make him dance. And he's he's got that taste. He's got he just has good taste for it, and so he knows what sounds good. So uh, when you guys play live, how does how does the lineup work? Are you are you on the keys most of the time? Is does Dan run the machine? Like I'm just curious, and I'm not I'm not super well versed on like how how DJing works even. So so if you want to clue me in, that'd be cool. <laughs> We know about as much about it as you, <laughs> so we're going to go set up the, the keyboard. Actually, everything's going to be recorded. Uh, the keyboard that's set up, mine and Dan's, is always going to mm-hmm. be improv ad-lib to what we already have. Okay, cool. And our, our house tracks, we really toned back so we could ad-lib a lot more. The album, we're pretty much playing as is, so you can get the feel for that. House tracks, we're definitely going to improv. We just got some new software we're playing with, so it's it's really helping out yeah. with some break beats and... Doing the fancy stuff DJs are supposed to do. <laughs> Dude, put one hand up, right? That's what they expect you to do. Oh, yeah, one hand on the uh, headphone. One hand <laughs> on the headphones. One on the headphones and look like you're doing something on the computer even though you're just kind of sitting here looking at the screen. 
move knobs, do something. Yeah, move knobs. <laughs> that's that's what I would be doing. Just like I would get a switchboard with some like big old heavy switches, <laughs> just make clacking noises. Be good. It'd be good. So uh, we got another track from y'all, the solo artist. You guys want to talk about that one? The solo artist um, actually took a line from Dizzy D. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he didn't originate with the line, but he uh, he has a a track out. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, uh-huh. and we got a little inspiration from there. It's just uh, had a good conversation uh, with him before uh, with other friends. It's really hard to be an artist to dedicate mm-hmm. to to find time to honor your art in the way that you think it should be honored and appreciate it in the way it should be appreciated Mm -hmm. to study it, um, study others, take in opinions and be open-minded about your own work. Yeah. It's share it with others while keeping it your own kind of thing. Oh yeah. And then the, uh, the heartache and the emotions that come with that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's, uh, it's tough being an artist, uh, no matter what you're doing, no matter what your art is. Mm -hmm. So how did you, uh, find your way to Dizzy D? Through my buddy, Danny Newton. Um, uh-huh. he's awesome. Me and him started a, a disc golf company up, uh, Mind Open Disc Golf. We're great friends, met playing disc golf. We met working at a company we don't like, so we're not going to mention that company. <laughs> um, but we were working, we were working together. I never listened to hip hop. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I did. I grew up on like Bone Thugs and Harmony, mm-hmm. not mainstream hip hop. I've never mm-hmm. listened to, anyway, he did. And when we right. met, he had all the friends. He was into that environment. He's into that world. Dizzy D was one of them. Was, well, cool. cool. Yeah, I, I don't know. When I started doing these podcasts, uh, I kind of just amazingly found all these like metal artists that I had never, like, I didn't know they were around because I just didn't really listen to metal. They came and out now, of the woodwork. Yeah, and now there's like tons of them, and apparently this is like a hot spot for it. And uh, I mean, it's kind of opened my mind, and uh, it's <laughs> just great to have that. I mean, it's great when you're any age over one and you're discovering new things, it always feels good. And it, I think it helps you grow and like give it, give you a new take on your own stuff too. Well, cool. Well, we'll go ahead and play this track, the Nocturnal Conversions, with the solo artist.
All right, that was uh, Nocturnal Conversions with the solo artist. Um, so I was going to ask you about like what kind of instruments you play. I know I've seen you at the keys and all that good stuff, but uh, do you, are there is there another one that's like your fave? Oh, it's I love <laughs> your guitar. Second fa- do you have a second fave? Uh, second fave. My, um, bass, I guess. Oh, okay. My favorite is classical guitar. I started with classical and Latin guitar in junior college, and then I got into bass, into mm-hmm. the rock bands, playing... Tool and Nine Inch Nails and Pantera and and then piano is later in life. So that's yeah, like I think eighty uh, percent of the artists we bring in here they say like Tool, and I'm like yes, <laughs> I love that stuff. So I'm glad they've like inspired. Awesome. You know, it's always you always know a good band when they've inspired like tons of other yes, bands, like the Mars Volta or something. Oh, like Mars, where where everybody's like yeah yeah that band. It's like those are the really good bands because if if they've launched like a you know. Was that like the face that launched a thousand ships? It's like the yeah. sound that launched a thousand riffs. Right. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, it rhymed. That, that must be good. true, right? But uh, so uh, tell me a little bit about the name Nocturnal Conversions and how that how that one came about. That kind of just popped in my head. Um, I don't know if I was laying down or what I was doing, but the two words, actually, nighttime conversions came together, mm-hmm. and I think I sent that to Dan. Um, what do you think about this? This is it came in my head. And then a few minutes later, it was like, no, 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 nocturnal conversions. That's it. That sounds <laughs> when elegant. You write it, when you write it out, you're just like, it changes it. It changes yeah. everything, right? Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Nighttime was, nighttime was a specific point, I guess. Mm-hmm. And nocturnal was more of a... Like a mood. A, a feeling. Yeah, nocturnal kind of has like an edge to it, I guess, like a sinister, <laughs> right. almost, almost like, a, I don't know, yeah, a mood to it. I it's guess not that's somewhere you're at, it's something you are. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So. And, uh, yeah, you told me a little bit about mindopenart.com. That, that's your uh, your collective, I guess. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, mindopen. That's actually the way um, I did start collaborating with Dizzy D. After uh-huh. I was introduced to him, asked him if he wanted to join the collective, um, just kind of get his name out there a little bit more. I, I loved his music. And... And you were telling me, like, uh, a lot of these guys started in Huntsville, but kind of... Oh like yeah, as, as a whole, there's the... there's tons of artists in the collective. Um, photographers in New York, tattoo artists in Denver. Um, they they all started in Huntsville and just branched out as they found themselves within their own art form. Yeah, there's that's one thing about Huntsville is it's kind of it's sort of like a global city because there's so many uh, transplants and stuff here for uh, go- I guess mostly government work, but it does kind of diversify it in a strange way. There's a lot of jet setters that are bound here just because of because of that, because of all the big businesses and stuff. It's kind of like it a does, black hole. It's hard to escape. That's true. Stuck that's here. true. I think it's just because it's so cheap to live here compared yeah. to like New York <laughs> or something. People are like, yeah, I'm out of Huntsville. They go to New York. It's like, oh, now I'm broke. I better go back to Huntsville and get a job, right? It happens, but yeah. <laughs> but that's that's all right. We can we get uh, have some of the great artists get dragged back here too. So I mean, see, me being a selfish place. Huntsvillian, I'm like, yes, come back. Yeah, <laughs> I'll record you. Uh, wonderful. Huntsville's got a good culture too. It's um, <laughs> it's a good growing, good thriving culture. It's uh, a weird mutant mix of a lot of things. <laughs> it really is. It's kind of yeah. It's kind of like a three eyed fish or something. It's you like know, you it's got, got your <laughs> traditional Southern culture, and then like. You've got the influence from all the Germans that came here in the sixties. Crazy then, defense industry. Yeah, the crazy defense industry, but also <laughs> like a lot of like a lot of people reacting against that in the art scene, and a lot of people working together with engineers to make some really you know cool stuff. Space and Rocket Center. Yeah, Space and Rocket no. Center. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's a really cool place to live. Yeah, and it's it's been changing and growing, and hopefully, if uh, 
if we all get on in on the ground floor, we can really aim it in the right direction where it's it's got a more thriving, supportive scene for for all the different types of art that I know and love. Like, I, I wish uh, we had, like, a huge graffiti scene here. Yes. Because yes. I love, like, graffiti. Like, just because I hate, like, walls that are just brick or something, I was like, how can it be any worse? Like... It can only if it's if it's got colors and stuff all over. It's got to be better. You yeah. Know? I mean, if it's profanity and stuff, that's one thing. But you see, like these train cars with these gigantic murals on them. Like, oh, that guy it's should gorgeous. live here. Yeah, absolutely. That guy should live here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just Vandalize have, my building. We gotta black hole him now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If, if I ever owned a building, I'd be like, all right, graffiti artists, Let's you go. can paint here, and I won't like sue you or like chase throw my dogs after you or something. I don't know. I don't have any dogs to throw after. <laughs> don't throw dogs generally. Anyways, anyways, um, see these guys, Nocturnal Conversions, all three of them. There'll be uh, Dan, Blake, and Cord will all be over at Copper Top at 10 p.m. March 1st. They're also releasing their CD March 1st. Get it on iTunes, your digital retailer, and all that good stuff. Um, you can get their stuff at nocturnalconversions.com on Facebook. Of course, you can hear... Uh, some of their music just on this, on this and on Spice Radio will be streaming their stuff at spice-radio.com. Uh, thanks again, guys, for coming by. And uh, be safe, all our listeners, and good night. Good night. Sweet dreams.
This has been a production of Spice Radio from Huntsville, Alabama. You guys know what you want, and you don't have to do too much to get it. Get with us at spice-radio.com. If you have a podcast, you make music or art, or you have an event that you want to promote in the Tennessee Valley, you can find us at www.facebook.com slash spiceradiohuntsville, or on Twitter at spiceradiohsv. And again, our website, spice-radio.com.